Welcome back to Activista Rise Up. I am Dr. Patricia Campos Medina, your host. You can listen to this conversation on all my social media platforms or on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Today, I am very, very proud to host a fellow Salvadoran, an amazing woman who is a trailblazer as a journalist, anthropologist, and now as an author. She recently released a book called Salvi Yorkers. It's both available in English and Spanish. And this book, I am so proud to uh, talk about it because it traces the contributions, the migration of Salvadorans to New York. And now she's in a second uh, project that she will tell us all about it today. But as a fellow Salvadoran, as someone who always is talking about Central American contributions and our migration, I was happy to have the opportunity to meet her and now to talk about her book. Please help me welcome author, anthropologist, and journalist Carmen Molina Tamacas. Welcome, Carmen. Hi, Patricia. Thank you very much for the invitation, giving me this opportunity to share with your public about this, uh, this project, these dreams. Yes, I, I remember you always talk about it as a dream because you always wanted to write this book and it took you a little bit to get there. So, but before we tell us a story so that you can inspire everybody who's trying to write a book, including me, uh, um, learn a little bit about how you got it done. Tell the public a little bit about yourself. Um, when did you get here and what was the inspiration for uh, becoming a, an author? Well, I was born and raised in El Salvador. I, I lived almost my entire, my, my childhood as a teenager and my, and I work as a journalist. I started very young at the age of 18 and I work in several newspapers and during the, the first years of the, the, after the civil war in El Salvador. So it was a little hard and complicated, uh, but I learned. Yeah, as a, as a, a journalist during the war, that must have been very, it's very- as, Right after, right after the the, the war ended, uh, and it so it's, it it was a very complicated and very unstable and very violent. I mean, our history is very violent. Our, our country. So, and um, I focused on the cultural journalism. So that's how my passion uh, developed. And then I for I I I immigrated to the United States in almost 11 years ago and it was it was hard because i came uh, to brooklyn we lived in brooklyn 10 years so and in el salvador i was a professional working mom and all of the with all my network of family friends and as a journalist and then in 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 brooklyn i was a staying at home mom Mm -hmm. so and that that hit hard because uh, New York City is a hard uh, place to raise a family yes. without a network, and but uh, I had the I had friends, some friends uh, that helped me to make connections, and I started working. I came as a as a uh, freelancer for El Diario de Hoy and El Salvador uh, El, El, El Salvador dot com. That's one of the largest newspapers in El yes. Salvador. Yes, yeah, central yeah in El Salvador. So, but here you know you hear nobody, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I got some. Uh, I was introduced to El Diario La Prensa's uh, director, and I started working as a freelance, and that gave me 
a, a lot of, uh, uh, it was a great opportunity to, the, to open my mind and my eyes beyond the El Salvador landscape in general, yeah. because, yeah. And, I, and I and I start writing uh, about the, the issues of the community, uh, access to healthcare, education, services, and of course, the the hot uh, topics as immigration or violence. And at the same time, uh, I, I, I started, so all those stories, most yeah. of the Salvadorian stories that I had the opportunity to write for El Diario and for El Diario de Hoy in El Salvador, I, so I, first you can see the lack of, uh, the lack of bibliography, the, li the lack of documentation about El Salvadorans in Salvador, not just Salvadorans, but Central Americans, because they're just, there are just a few studies and most of them are projections. Of course, there are studies from, for example, the Migration Policy Institute, the Pew Research Center, and, uh, but th these are so, uh, I will say cold studies <laughs> because I mean it's the hardest part is the yeah. statistics is the 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 projections the data garden yeah the facts yeah exactly yeah. and 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 in my opinion because uh, this is my passion so and uh, because I'm trained both as journalists and we we need to remember that journalism takes the method from the social science. So, and uh, yeah. with that training, so, but my, but my purpose, so, and I first, the, I, I confronted the lack of documentation. Yeah. So I start building up, yeah. building the, the documentation, the books, and, uh, and then how you put a face to these stories. stories. Yeah. Yeah. It's more like, okay, we're talking about, Remesas, remittances, mm -hmm. and violence, uh, the gang violence, and immigration—all the problems at the at the southern border. Okay, but who who are these people? Yeah. So, and I start collecting all these uh, stories, and how the how the idea of the book started is because many of the stories were published in online media. And all of a sudden they disappear because that happens all the time. Yeah. And yeah. I and I thought myself so it was that it was challenging to keep my own records. Yeah. So and I said I I oh maybe I could write a book. Okay, that was I will say ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. And so and and then I start uh, so practically the first edition of the book that covers ninety years of stories of Salvadoran immigrants in New York, uh, it was parallel as my my own uh, immigrant story. So yeah. it is it, parallel. So I, I and, and you will so, understand. Yeah. So even, even, yeah. So the story that you or your own migration was reflected on the story of the migrations that from people that came before us, before you. Yeah. Exactly. And I always say, and you as a woman and as a mother, will understand when I say is uh, 
I this is the third and longest pregnancy that I have had. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I felt the same way when I was writing my dissertation. Exactly. Yeah. And so and and I I selected one story per every 10 years and to 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 show like examples of what was happening. Yeah. So is this is not the story of Salvadorans in New York because I'm not historian so and and that will be too arrogant for me to say it but chronicles uh, 90 years so so what? so you get to you get to experience from the story of the person what was happening around the time for them so you get to learn about them and the most important thing here is that I was able to meet the key many of the key persons so the as you said the real trailblazers so and one of them and and this is how everything started so with Katy Andrade mm -hmm. Mrs. Katy Andrade was uh, she came in the, at the in I, I think 1951 very young and she was the director of the Department of Education from the International Ladies Garment uh, union uh, during four years and uh, she I remember uh, that name because I work for the LGW yes exactly yeah. so and there were two uh, old or veteran uh, activists that told me separated uh, one is Omar Enriquez and the other is Miguel Ramirez and they told me if you want to write about Salvadorans you need to meet Katy Andrade, porque ella es la matriarca de los salvadoreños en Nueva York. Everybody knew her, everybody lived at her apartment, and she got, she helped any, not just Salvadorans, but many Latinos. So, uh, and the New York Times wrote articles about her and the work that she was done along with her husband, uh, because they founded the, um, a, Salva a Salvadoran um, cultural group. She just passed last year at the age of 88. The New York Times published this big uh, obituary. That how important she was. And I, and I had the honor of meeting her. And she gave me pictures from, from stuff. And that is the, 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 the very first, the, the ori origin of, of my book. So, and I said, no, this, this needs to be. So the, and, and I was finding so many stories no. Because maybe people that work in the field of human rights or activism or, or unions, they know her. They knew who she was, but not me, not yeah. my generation, not, not, and of course, not. So how to preserve her legacy for the new and upcoming generations. So that's how it started. Yeah. I mean, it, it goes to show you that how um, if you, one individual, if you like, has so many connections and networks. And one of the amazing things of the Salvadoran experience is that we've always been in a social movement building mode because since our arrival, we sort of had to find our, our niche, right? So I can imagine Salvadorans coming to New York uh, where they were a minority. Uh, even among Latinos, right? The, the population was Puerto Rican and Cuban, so they sort of have to uh, figure out their own little community. So I, I, what I loved about this book, 
and I encourage everybody to read it. It's, it's on Amazon. Um, you can order it both in English and Spanish. Está en inglés y en español. Se llama Sarvi Yorkers. Uh, what I loved about uh, about the book is the focus on the on the person's experience and what they and how they were able to overcome uh, um, their own their own. Um, you know, we all have our own story. You know, that's why stories are important because we can connect to them in different ways. So what? Um, so I I love that about the book. Like you actually, it's not just the migration, right, or the numbers. Um, it's not just uh, the economic uh, conditions, which is sort of like we we get caught up on that. But like kind of the stories, how people made made a community, how they made a life, and and what other people they impacted. So um, you know, so I I appreciate that part about your book. So how, um, so from Kathy Andrade, you just started connecting people and deciding uh, who else to interview. So besides Kathy, who else made an impact um, in, uh, on you that you want to share with our listeners from this and, point? And you know, it's, it's amazing how you describe, uh, because that is the most important thing, the stories, but not just from people that had huge achievements, but also, and as, as I say, is, is ordinary people. But if you listen, because this is important, the stories of the, the stories, they, they, are, they are kind of extraordinary because every immigrant has, uh, oh my God, the, 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 the amount of challenges. The, the how how hard it is to make a life here so and i and i will start talking about the cover of the book and you you just uh, show it so the cover of the book uh, features mrs jeronima campos she immigrated at the age of 86 uh, she came from the countryside in el salvador she had 10 children and the older daughters came here to, to Long Island because most Salvador, the, 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 the biggest the settlement in New York is in Long Island. Yes. The, uh, and it, this started in the 60s because uh, the work and the factories and, and uh, surrounding the, the, aerospatial, the aerospatial and military industry and many factories. And for women, they start. They came in many in in, in many uh, waves, uh, attracted for the not just for the factories, but other kind of work, that is, uh, alas, babysitters, nannies, housekeepers. So the older daughters from Mrs. Campos, they came in the sixties, and they were able to immigrate her. Her husband uh, was uh, died already when she came, and the picture is um, uh, one of the uh, one of her one of her um, grand grandchildren the, the, the grandson uh, he, whose name is Victor Perez he took her to the World Trade Center on September 9 2001 yeah, yeah. two days two days before the terrorist attack. Wow. So and and I so when we were discussing about what to do about the cover of the book with my editor, uh, 
pues de eh, escritor dominicano, cubano dominicano José Fernández Pequeño, a very experienced editor, and, and he, we were talking about this, how powerful this picture is, because, <coughs> sorry, Mrs. Miss Campos is there, yeah. watching, you know, the, 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 the landscape, city, the landscape city. And, and conquering the, the greatest city in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And the picture is powerful because that moment can be repeated in the time and the space because she passed at the age of 104 years and wow. because the World Trade Center is no more. So and the biggest consequences of what happened. So then you and when you start connecting and analyzing. So that is that is just the cover of the book. So how that's how uh, impacting the stories can be. And, and I can talk about a little bit uh, about the, the, the title, the Salvi yeah. Workers, yeah. because it's not that common. And I didn't create that name or hash, even is it's a hashtag, but I found it. And I found it in the social media ah. because, because Salvadorian, the younger Salvadorians or millennials, uh, they, they just call themselves Salvi. So the Salvi experience, the Salvi vegan, the Salvi Unidos, and uh, they look, and many of them are looking for their roots, their connections that maybe the, the, the connections, they don't exist with the past, with the culture, with El Salvador. And this, and, and this is related, in my opinion, because there are so many traumas and stories behind why uh, the families came. So la mayor cantidad de inmigrantes comenzó con la guerra, o es yeah. el exilio más grande. The biggest migration of yeah, Salvadorans came yeah. in the 80s. Yes. In the 80s, yeah. The war, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the, this was, this happened during the war. Yeah. So and many people was fleeing the war. They got caught in the middle of uh, attacks and tiroteos or massacres. So that's why many how that's why many people they don't know what happened to their yeah. to their parents, grandparents that are the generations that that came first. It's hard to talk about trauma because trauma. I mean, maybe there are uh, scars not just physical, but emotional about what happened. One of the biggest, I, I'm glad you're raising this because um, one of the biggest issues that we have as a Central American migration and specifically as Salvadorans is that that migration of the 1980s never really led to a full legalization for a lot of people. So if you were a parent who had to leave their kids behind and I leave that you know I, my parents left me behind because they couldn't um, the war forced them out it took them it took me about six to seven years to reunite with my family but there's people who never reunited you know the people who were left behind they had their kids and their grandkids and they were never able to fully be a, a, a family So there's all this, the trauma of family separation is a reality for a lot of Salvadorans. So But we need, yeah, and, and one, of, one of the important things about this and how can we revisit the story is not just for El Salvador, but also other, other countries like Nicaragua and Guatemala that were, you know, Central America was one of the last scenarios from the Cold War. 
yeah. right? Yeah. So, and but the 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 impossibility of getting a status, a legal status, so the consequences are still, are still present. And why? And that's why I I included that in the the first part of the book is hard to read. It's, it's hard. It was the hardest part to read, to translate, and to. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna give you a surprise later. Now I'm gonna say it now because I'm working in the audiobook, and oh, it's, precise, awesome. it's precisely one of the hardest part because it, it, the language because it's we need to understand or remind this country the responsibility of the governments or the interventionism, and yes. I don't know if I'm saying correctly. Yes, you are, yeah. And all the, because of the impact of the foreign policy of the United States, not just in Central America, Mexico, but the whole Latin America, of course, the world, because, because we, we might know what United States government Deal. I mean, in the case, in the particular case of El Salvador, the government was uh, sending military aid, and we can we can say that during the the worst years of the war, I we will say, in the middle eighties, one million dollars every day in military aid, in guns, and so. And how do you expect things will turn? 20, 30 yeah. years so and that is that is important because many people don't know oh what what is this so what why, why do we still are dealing with the central american migration you know? why the problem why is this yeah. big problem what this big problems in the in the south border so why so many children or families or women with children are risking their lives trying to cross the border so the origin of that is from the 80s and, and also we can there are many um there was a trend to that trend in the 60s not just because of the work available but also after honduras and el salvador war that it was in 1969 yeah. but and, <laughs> and, and 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 it's so fascinating when you start tracking down and one of the the of the other the other key elements is and I, I just mentioned that the, the first edition of the book chronicles 90 years. Why 90 years? Because I was able, with the help of one of uh, Ecuadorian and journalist friend, Maria Barrera, we found the records from a Salvadoran Italian family that came exactly in 1929. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, and the, the, the father, he was an optician. And he wrote his memories. So he wrote his memories in English. And it, sadly, the book is not available for the public. But uh, that's how. And he, he, what he was, he's telling. He's telling not just his biography, his autobiography, but also he was describing what was living the Great Depression, and. Yeah. And and that's that's important, you know, the documentation of our own stories. Yeah. What happened later? So the book and 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 that and the, and that's how it started the first edition. 
uh, and then the stories from the 40s, the 50s with Katy Andrade, the um, Omar Enriquez, who is a very known uh, yeah. veteran activist, that he came in the early 70s. Yes. And his experience, and then the big exile from the 80s and the economic and violent uh, migrations from the 18 and, and 90s. The last story is about a family that still lives uh, undocumented in Brooklyn. And the, old, the, the last daughter came, she joined one of the caravans, una de las caravanas. So she came in um, one la of the... Caravana de América, cuando... Sí. Sí. sí, o sea que la gente empezó a caminar desde el centro de San Salvador, desde el centro de San Salvador, Estados Unidos. So it was so traumatic and dramatic because they were kidnapped by the coyotes. Uh, they spent long time in the, uh, the las yeleras que son las celdas de la de la policía fronteriza. Uh, so and so so traumatized, and she is still uh, fighting for asylum. So that covers 90 years. Yeah. What happened? So the book is released. In 2020, January 2020, right before the pandemic, or maybe during the pandemic, but we don't know <laughs> that, that, that yeah. the coronavirus, it was going to change our life forever. And uh, in February, I, I did an interview with journalist Jose Martinez from New York One. And the next day, I got a, a message on, my, on the Facebook page of Salvi Yorkers, and from a, from a, a, a retired teacher, uh, his name is Bernard Lopez, and he's saying, oh, uh, you know, I, I wish we could have met before because my father came a hundred years ago. Oh, And they just celebrated the hundred years of the the, the, oh, the United States. Wow. And, and, and what is fascinating is because he's a retired teacher, so he kept the pictures and documents from his father and we were able to 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 build you know to 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 reconstruct his life when he came. and actually we found the 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 registry when he came when he came into the state and it was one year before it was 1918 so it is fascinating. And he, he kept the letters of recommendations because he worked as a doorman in theaters and hotels in Brooklyn. Wow. And he ended up joining the, the, the army for the World War II. So, and, and, and he was saying, yeah, but my, my father, he was, a, he, él no era un profesional, pero, eh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it falls in the category, you know, he was an ordinary man, ordinary man who lived an extraordinary story that we just can have a, a glimpse. He fought in the Revolution Mexicana and termina su vida como un marinero mercante durante la Segunda Guerra Mundial. O sea, es como, yeah. so, eso fue, eh, y construir la segunda edición del libro tiene el inserto con la historia del, del señor Ángel López and that is the frame from the English version that took two years, years. two yeah. pandemic years and, and other personal 
circumstances that I needed I needed to do it. So I, it was. I, I know you are you own the rights to your book, um, and uh, and you so you are promoting it and getting it out there. So uh, tell us a little bit about you know how you know because a lot of people. I always said that we need to tell our stories. It doesn't matter if they're, you know, you don't have to be famous and rich. You just have to sort of share what you have experienced. And the more we do that, the more our lives become part of this, of this, um, of the narrative of the United States. So by you were able to do it and you were able to keep the rights to your book and now you're promoting it in libraries across the state and across the country. So how can we help you promote the book and to get as much libraries that we can so that people learn to start getting to know who we are as a community, that we have been in the United States way beyond the war, you know? Um, so, and we'll talk more about that. How can, how can we help you get the book in more libraries? Bueno, estoy haciendo el trabajo de hormiguita, <laughs> little by little. So it's important. So my dream, my dream is to, play, is to put the book accessible in the whole New York City, at least uh, libraries from schools. So, um, but for that to happen needs to be requested. I'm working, making some, uh, uh, working with a couple of uh, principals. So, and uh, because it's, it's the process from the Department of Education. I mean, the, the Department of Education of New York City is the, Biggest district, one of the largest ones. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, more than a million of students. So, and then uh, I'm reaching out to the Latin American Studies Institutes or departments, and um, for them to to try trying to 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 present the book, and some of them are just. Uh, contacting i just contacted the brooklyn public like the book is available at the new york public library awesome. it's there it's awesome. there yes, I and i just uh, started the process with the brooklyn public library and there are also students salvadoreñas por cierto que está hay una salvadoreña que está estudiando un phd in albany Okay. Uh, so she asked the librarian uh, to order the book, and, and ese fue el libro en español. Todavía no había salido el inglés, and I just contact the librarian, and, and I and I told him, listen, the the the, the book uh, that she ordered, that she asked you to order, now is available in English. Yeah. Perfect. I'm gonna order it. Oh my God! It's like it's, you know, I'm I'm not. <laughs> of course, I'm not getting rich or millionaire. Is my goal is the okay. book to be read, to be criticized because I've been, I, I got several well, people that have taken the, the uh, gente que se ha tomado el trabajo de, hey, esto, esto, este no es así, esta fecha no es así, esto es un error. O sea, porque es un, como todo libro, es un producto humano que es imperfecto. Sí. Pero el objetivo es, bueno, que sea eh, discutido, que sea analizado. I went to present it to, present it to Washington, D.C. It was an am amazing experience. I, I saw that on, on social media. So you yes. were, you and, were all friends there. Yes, I know. And uh, at the presentation, there was one of the teachers from the University of Maryland. And 
oh my god this this was amazing because she showed me the the tests from her students because they they uh, they were assigned to read one of the chapters of my book so and she showed me uh, the questions that they had for me so that was you know that because that is that's that's it that's 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 the that's the that's the writers want right feedback and it's not because it's just about el salvador and because people can get a little jealous ah we colombians we don't have that if we look the story yeah because nobody have O me dicen, o me dicen, ¿cuándo vas a escribir la historia de los salvadoreños en, en the West Coast? Well, I don't live there, and you should do that. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, and, and, and you asked me before uh, this question, so what, what are my, my new... Uh, What's your new project? project? Yes, that's your new project. Yeah, so well. Before I we just, go there, I want to say that um, you told us a little bit of what you're trying to do, which is calling libraries and, and putting yourself in front of libraries and universities. Also, our listeners, act, you know, an activist that rise up, we have a, a, a good group of people who, and we encourage people to take action. So I will say to our listeners, and we'll put all the information at the end of the, of the conversation, call your school board. Uh, I call your principal, your local library, and ask them could they could they have a, the book? Could they put the book in the library? And that is a way that you can help us or can help uh, Carmen get the book out. And it's not just about helping Carmen; it's about getting the the story of the Salvadoran experience in the public sphere, so that we all get to know a little bit more about each other. And and, and if there's another book out there. Please let me know, email me, and I'll promote it as well because I'm all about promoting our stories. So, what is your next project? So, I'm I'm currently doing that, and thank you for mentioning that. And and you will say, oh, this this will be a a, a, a topic that all people love, right? And and I really appreciate, you know, the the how people have reacted, but also I have had some bad experiences or yeah. and, and and i'm still processing what happened because uh in uh, i live now in new jersey and i requested my local public library so i, I presented the book and um, and they took the english version but they rejected the spanish version right here in new jersey they rejected the spanish version yes so and the, because they say that they don't have a spanish books collection and they will not spend money in something that they won't use and i said okay i i am giving it to you as free and they say no thank you so I'm still I'm still processing that, and I feel twenty percent so- of, La- of, New- of New Jersey uh, are Latinos. So and we are we and they, I'm sure they will want to hear their stories in the library. So yeah, so it was it was uh, I mean it was a, a a small victory because they put the book in the Bergen County Library System, so it's there the English version. So. But the Spanish, yeah. but they didn't pick up the Spanish version. Yeah, they didn't pick up the Spanish. So I'm still trying to. So I, I, I felt. We I have to elect the public officials who are friends in Bergen County. We're gonna yeah. engage to help you correct that. Yeah, it, it was. 
So I, I prefer not to, you know, I'm, I'm still processing about uh, that, that experience because the, the discomfort or how my, my feelings, how I felt is, it's, uh, is bordering discrimination, but I, I'm just, I'm just, I will leave it's there. Lang yeah, it's language, it's language bias, it's language discrimination, because we do have a high percentage of people who speak Spanish or only speak Spanish or want their kids to speak Spanish. So as a public library, you should offer the option if somebody wants to have it. Read yeah, so, and, and, the, and this system includes 77 libraries in, I think, four uh, counties so yeah. we'll yeah. see so i'm i'm now with the after i mean the pandemic is it's not over but now that when thing now that things are start starting open up a little bit i've been doing presentations the first one was in in washington that was great experience and then i had a presentation in long island that was uh, amazing a, a, a big group of uh Salvadorians, very interested. Uh, I did another in the Newark Public Library where oh, yeah. I was able to meet, I was able to meet a Salvadorian archivist. Ar archivist. Yes. And uh, yeah, and, uh, and he's a third generation Salvadorian because he said that his grandfather came. And as Omar Enriquez was telling me about the, the great history of Newark as a it's a hub of work and um, a lot of work. So and and for this in this upcoming um, no, it's April thirtieth. I'll do a presentation at the West Orange Public Library. Awesome. Yes. So uh, everybody is invited. And so little by little, and my and 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 that's the goal. So I'm I'm starting to to build in this network of connections uh, yeah. here in New Jersey, because my goal or my next project will be maybe not just writing a similar book of Salvadorians in New Jersey, because the experience is completely different. Yes, it is. I mean, because they live, many of them, they live across the river. They work in New York or they just work in, they stay in New Jersey. And but there are so many places that but the experience is completely different because New York City and New Jersey is totally different worlds. Yes. But also, why not? Why not starting thinking about the Salvadorans in the East Coast? Starting yeah. starting in Gwinnett, Duluth, Atlanta, Georgia, yeah. the DMV area which is uh, D.C., Virginia, and Maryland, and then New Jersey, the, the three-state area, que más yeah. o menos ya está cuadrado con esta yeah. investigación, Connecticut, Boston, Rhode Island. So yeah. I need to, so I'm, I'm, I'm so yeah. it's, uh, uh, but. One of the things that I want to, uh, I'm glad you're doing that because uh, I want to re remind my, my listeners that the Central American population, of which Salvadorans are the largest, is the second um, largest population of, of Latin American immigrants after Mexicans. Uh, we, we already passed the Cuban numbers. 
and the Puerto Ricans are still the second, you know, larger. They're citizens, though. They're not immigrants. So Puerto Ricans are citizens. So yeah. uh, when it comes to immigrants, we are second after after Mexicans. So we are everywhere. You no, know, Central America, Salvadorans are everywhere in every city. Against so the odds, tell our stories matters, right? And against the odds, porque acaba de ser se salió cara un estudio eh, Héctor Cordero Guzmán y él analiza los ingresos eh, y es devastador que yeah. ver eh, que por ejemplo en New York City los salvadoreños son los que están más abajo con un income que puede ser hasta de eh, $1,200 dollars eh, a year yeah yeah the um, the lowest I in, in my study that I did and compare Salvadorans in the New York New Jersey and Washington D.C. New Jersey earnings were the lowest um, uh, in terms of, of uh, so, so people is, so why people is earning nine hundred dollars and they have to to pay for the bed for the for the bedroom sharing of course sharing a bedroom right because for, uh, apartments are uh, it's so expensive yeah. Yeah. they have to pay internet food and also send la remesa yeah. I was thinking of how you and I met because I, I remember that you were, uh, we both made a presentation about a research on Central Americans at the Plainfield uh, um, school system, which is one of the largest school systems serving Central Americans in New Jersey. And I remember I was invited to speak because, because I, I do that with students, uh, with Salvadorans and Central Americans, just because I wanted to see that there is a future, even, even though you struggle in school when you just come here, but that there is a future. So I know that that I went there and then you follow me and then somebody said, you should really talk to Patricia. But because but I, I was excited that Plainfield was actually recognizing that they needed to bring people like you and me to talk to the students about their stories, about, about the history, about what's happening so that they have hope. Because at the end of the day, we are stories of success or just as stories of survival actually give hope to the new generation that they can do something, uh, uh, that they can actually get through this phase uh, in their lives. So I want to commend you for doing that and for making the connections, right? Because you and I do different type of research, but it's all in the same vein of elevating the stories of our communities. Exacto. I mean, I, I don't have the resources or the training to do as a, like a deep, a deep study. But as journalists, we have the, we have an easiest way to tell, to yeah. tell stories. And, and, and when I go to a college or universities and they ask, so how many people did you interview for this? Over at 250, and how do you how you uh, how you are, are you able to talk to them? Listen, I one of the, the first uh, people that I met it was in my building from uh, El Piso Dos al Sótano, que son tres minutos. La persona, un, un trabajador de construcción, me contó su historia. O sea, porque vio a mi hija. De, de agarrar de mi mano, mi hija de tres años, y él inmediatamente se conectó. Yo no he visto a mis hijos en 12 años. Mm -hmm. So that is, uh, that is, that is hard. Real. That's yeah. real. So, and that, so if I had one talent, so I, this is the way for me to give back to this country and to my culture too. 
Yeah. Excellent. Well, I think you have, the, my son said that people like you and me had this, the talent to talk to everybody and talk to people and get their story. So I, uh, I'm going to use my, my 11 year old son to mama, your superpower is that you can talk to people. So you, that's your superpower as well. Yeah, you yes, yes. <laughs> getting those stories. How can people get the book and how can they connect with you if they want to help you get the book in, in the public library? Well, I'm very proud to announce that the book is available in Barnes & Noble. You can go to the website. Yes. Yeah. And uh, just the English version. The Spanish and the English version is available on Amazon too. And if you want a signed copy, you can connect direct with me through social media. Facebook is uh, at Salvi Yorkers and also Instagram at Salvi Yorkers and um, and and the, the, the shipping cover the 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 y los el includes the shipping. Okay, so includes the shipping yes. once you order there. Yeah. Awesome. So what a what a treat it has been to talk to you about why you wrote this book, about the stories uh, that are included in here. And if you just get a taste of some of the stories, uh, you can find more in the book. Uh, and get inspired. Por favor, compren el libro, regáleselo a sus papis, a sus mamis que les gusta leer en español para sus hijos en inglés. Buy it and for your daughters, in, uh, your sons and daughters in English. And let's just help get our stories, our experience out. Salvador and Central Americans have been migrating to these countries for, for many, many years. Uh, and our story is rich and we are part of the fabric of, of this country. So. Let's help promote them. Let's help that promotes more understanding. And it gives our young people pride. So that's why I do these kind of discussions, because I want our young Salvi, um, Salvi Yorkers, our lungs, uh, Salvi New Jerseyans, and, our, and then just our Salvis um, to, to feel proud of the rich culture and the, and the history of, of success that we have had in this country, despite so many ads. So gracias, Carmen por contar esta historia y por hacer este trabajo de tu corazón um, y muy buena suerte muchas gracias thank you very much and soon soon the audiobook and that's uh, that's another goal. that's another project right to get it. And, are you gonna be are you is that gonna be your voice or you gonna oh have no 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 as the same of the translation the translation took two years no because I'm not native and also, but I, we are working with the Salvadoran locutora. Great. So um, it, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay. Awesome. So soon we're going to be the announcement. We're going to do the announcement. I, I wish you good luck and send it to us. We'll put the link on our website and, uh, and make sure people know how to get in contact with you and know where to get the book. Muchísimas gracias de todo mi corazón. Gracias, Patricia. Un placer. Activista Rise Up, please buy the book, share the book, ask your library to post it, and ask your elected officials in your county to run it in your county li uh, library system. This is the way we make our presence known, by telling our stories and by asking our educational systems and libraries to also uh, put the books that tell our stories. This is Activista Rise Up. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.